Well, good morning, church family, and good morning, Midlothian. Good to have you joining us. As you can see, I have some special friends up here with me, and we're dressed exactly alike. I've, I, I love being color-coordinated with everybody. So, hey, I know a lot of you know Debbie Heuerman and, and uh, her husband, Greg. And <laughs> Wow. They know you, and it sounds like they halfway like you. Yeah, all right. Well, we are celebrating Debbie this weekend, this summer. She reached a a milestone in our church family. She's been on our staff 10 years now. And uh, yeah, thank her for that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some of you I know are probably thinking, gosh, it seems like they've been here longer than 10 years. You've been members here 31, 31 years. uh, They have been here at the Heights serving and uh, making us a better church. And Debbie plays a, a wide variety of roles on our staff. I mean, we use the words volunteer coordinator and hostess. And uh, I know some of you think she runs the church. She does not. It just looks like it. But, you know, I, I, if I could maybe just one quick way of describing what Debbie means to our staff and what she does for us. We we have a lot of events here at our church, many that you're involved on, but actually a significant number that you probably don't even know we're going on here from nationwide events, statewide, community, uh, obviously the funerals and the, the weddings and all that. And uh, as people come in, they're going to interact with a number of our staff, but, but Debbie is usually the point person on that. And, and I kid you not, a hundred percent of the time somebody leaves our church, they say, I've, I've never worked with a church like that. I've never worked with a staff like that. And when they say that, they're always referring to the role that Debbie plays. And she really makes us look good with our community, with ministries and others that we partner with uh, here in this church. And uh, she is a, a good hostess to this church family and to this building. And uh, we are very, very grateful for her. And uh, I hope as you see Greg and Debbie, because he does, he does quite a bit too. Everything Debbie says, right? <laughs> he said, y'all didn't hear that. He said, I'm voluntold. Um, so, but uh, I hope in the next couple of days, weeks, when you see Debbie and Greg, I, I hope you'll express your appreciation to them and what they mean to you. And Debbie, we do have a, a gift for you. If you'd give me that back for the next service, I'd appreciate it. So, but we have a, a little gift expressing how much you mean to us. Thank you guys. Go, go ahead. I'm going to do put it in my pocket. Just give it to me later. Off the, gosh. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Debbie is uh, wonderful to work with, and I know that that so many of you know that. You know, guys, we're going to make a huge swing right here as we uh, celebrate one of our staff. I also want to bring up uh, Aaron and Dale and uh, share with you a little bit of a prayer request. I know that uh, probably some of you have have heard this. Um, Aaron has had kind of a little event jump up in her life very, very quickly here. Um, we found out Tuesday, Tuesday, uh, Dale's our worship pastor. I'm assuming y'all already have figured that out. Um, yeah, Aaron, uh, found out Tuesday that, that she has a brain tumor 
And uh, it kinda, there's been some symptoms actually going on for a while, but we thought we knew what those were and had nothing to do with what I just said. And, uh, but, but it all kind of came together in the last five to ten days uh, that that happened. And they want to move pretty quickly, so she'll, she'll be having surgery this Tuesday uh, to... to Open that up and get it out, right? And uh, where the, the, the good news in this is that the kind of tumor she has about 90% of the time is, is benign. And so that is certainly what we're saying. Hey, Lord, we want to play the odds on this one. Uh, give, us that, give us that 90%. But uh, just want to, to bring them before you, let you see them. And uh, I know you always see Dale, and maybe, maybe you know who Aaron is back there, but now you can put them together and uh, be praying for them as we move toward uh, this, this Tuesday. It's afternoon, isn't it? It's an afternoon that's that's the plan, and so I uh, thought we would have a word of prayer for her right now. Can we do that? Let's pray. Father, we just come before you, and we thank you for Dale and Aaron and, and what they mean in the life of our church, what they mean to so many of us individually uh, as, as they have given themselves to serving you, to serving us, to helping us to see each week, Lord, your goodness and your glory. And uh, we just, we thank you for them and the blessing they are to this family. And uh, Lord, you know our, our heart for them. Lord, you know our, our heart for Erin and what she's going through right now. We pray that, uh, Lord, I just kind of pray for this afternoon and tomorrow that they have a, a restful time. They have a, a productive time. I know there's things they need to accomplish and get taken care of. And uh, Lord, we just pray you'll be with them as they move toward Tuesday. And they have just a real sense of, of your presence, your love. Uh, your your concern and care for their lives. And Lord, not only these next two days, but of course we lift up to you Tuesday. We, we thank you, Lord, for the abilities you've given mankind that we can discover these kinds of things and, and that there's a way to resolve them. And uh, Lord, I just pray that Tuesday's going to go very, very well. You'll be with that surgeon and and uh, his team, and they'll perform this surgery at the absolute best of their abilities, Lord. And we pray there'll be no complications uh, in the midst of the surgery and that that tumor will come out very easily. And, uh, Lord, there'll be no complications in, in putting her back together and, uh, and just in her recovery from that. And, uh, Lord, we just pray you're going to completely restore health and strength and life and uh, that, Lord, she's going to be able to walk away from this with just no problems at all. I pray for Dale, that, that you'll fill him with just grace and strength as he loves and cares for, for Aaron through this time. And, Lord, I just pray that as they walk through these next couple of days, these next couple of weeks, it's going to be a great opportunity to give a testimony of the incredible sufficiency of our Almighty God, that he is everything we need and everything we're going through, including those things we want nothing at all to do with. God, you are sufficient and you are good. And we pray they're going to experience that and we pray they're going to be able to give a great testimony to that. So Lord, you be with them. Lord, I pray our church family is, is faithful to love and serve and care for them in this time. And uh, obviously in a big way, Lord, just to be praying for them uh, in these next couple of days ahead. We pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All righty. Yeah. So. So you guys be be praying for them Tuesday afternoon and it just pops out. I don't think that's a very surgical term, but that's, that's what we're praying for. Amen. 
So, uh, gosh, all, all this coming and going and the, the, the talking about time, uh, with, with, especially with Debbie up here just a moment ago, you know, I can't believe that it's already been a year. Now, a year's not a very long time, is it? But uh, it's been a year since we presented to you uh, the vision and, and the mission of this church. And while it's been out in front of you for a year, uh, a lot of our staff had been working on that for two years. We spent about a year developing that and, and kind of implementing and getting it in place. And boy, there's some places of our vision and mission where I say, man, we are right on target. We're nailing it. We're doing exactly what we intended on doing. And there's a few other places we still need to work on few other places, we're still honing in on that target. And, uh, you know, as we put that out there in front of you, really everything we're doing right now uh, is, is flowing right out of that vision, right out of that, that mission. Uh, some of that you've seen, kind, kind of cosmetic things, like, you know, especially as you move, move over into that area in our life group area, all, all the signage, you know, of our mission statement, the, the core values are up on the wall, the measures. And, and by the way, the way all that looks here is identical to the way it looks out at Midlothian. We, we have all the same way of presenting that at, at all of our campuses. And so you've seen some cosmetic changes. Uh, what we did this past spring, where we, went, where we really changed our schedule from three services to two. And you remember I said the third service is coming back? Well, you're, you're going to find out when next, next Sunday. Uh, but that third service will be coming back. We changed all of our life groups. Uh, again, why, why did we do all that? came right out of our vision and mission, where we're heading, what we're trying to be, what we're trying uh, to do. Uh, this past summer, the addition of community groups was, hadn't those been awesome? Have y'all been involved in community groups? Yeah. That's all. Kind of like a golf clap there. I take it that you're mostly excited about that. We've seen some great involvement. A lot of new people that had not really been connected or engaged any other way have been entering through those community groups. So that fits right inside of our, our vision, our mission, and, and what we're doing there. And, uh, and we're continuing. Uh, we're continuing to just everything we look at, every question we have, every direction we take out of that vision and mission. The vision and mission makes us ask questions and helps us take directions. Now, I'm throwing that word vision and mission out there like we all know exactly what I'm talking about. And, and I'm pretty sure we do. But just a reminder, let's take a quick look at that. No, that's not what we're, we're going to be discussing this morning. But I do want to keep this in front of us. I do think this is very important. Let me tell you something. That sketch right there, not near as exciting as David beating Goliath, is it? Not anything like looking at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But I'll tell you something, what's up there really is important because it's what you and I are a part of. It's what we do. And it really shapes and directs how we relate as a family, where we're going as a family, what we're doing as a family. And so we, we refer to this affectionately as our napkin sketch. That's our entire church. If you were going to share with somebody at lunch our entire, what's everything you need to know about the Heights, you could do that on a napkin in a couple of minutes. Let me walk you through real quickly there what is there. You see in the middle the logo. 
And that's, that's not our vision. Our vision is not a logo. Uh, I'll show you the vision in just a second. That logo's representing it. But we have this picture, we have this target, and that's inside a frame. And what does a frame do? A frame holds the picture up for us. It, it supports the picture. It keeps it in front of us so we know where we're heading and, and, and what we're doing. So that's kind of what that is a picture of. Let's look at now the logo, the vision, uh, our target, what we're, where we're going, what we're trying to be right here. In 10 years, the Heights Baptist will be a church the 804 cannot imagine being without. Gosh, isn't that a... To me, that just makes my heart beat. To, to think we could be that, that we could do that. And, and how are we going to do that? Well, by, by expanding to five campuses, by extending the reach of Love 804. And there's a purpose to that. It's so that we have our greatest opportunity in front of us for sharing the word of God. Now, that, the, that expanding to five campuses and extending the reach of Love 804, those aren't the only two ways that we'll do that. Those are anchor ways. And the reason we put those two things in there is because they just kind of dramatically show if we're going to be a church this community can't imagine being without, when you look at both of those things, it involves us leaving this room, doesn't it? It has us moving out into our community, moving out into the 804, going to where they are. And the, and the reason we're doing this is to have our greatest opportunity. You know, I, 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 when we presented this a year ago, I kind of said over and over, boy, when it comes to the Bible, when it, when it comes to the church, our, our culture more and more is becoming, uh, I, I, I've been saying at best, a- a- apathetic. They just don't even care. At worst, they're actually antagonistic to those things. And so we've kind of taken that head on and say, hey, we want to press past apathy. We want to press past antagonism. And hopefully they can't imagine being without us. And that gives us greater opportunity to share what is the center of our lives, God's word, right? Whether that's a preacher doing that from up here or, or whether that's happening in a life group and maybe most important of all, whether that's happening one-on-one, you, you having the opportunity to share God's word at, at work, at school, in your neighborhood. What, what we want to be is a church that actually increases your excitement, your opportunity uh, your platform for doing that. So that's our, that's our target. That's what we're heading towards. And of course, we were saying 10 years last year. So now it's what? It's nine. Okay. So it's, we're not a math organization, right? But yeah, just 10, one, nine, nine years. Okay. So that's our target. That's our picture. And then there's the frame that holds it up. So we go from our vision to our mission. Look at the next one there. That's what we do. Building relationships that connect all people all kinds of people to a God-sized life in love. We believe that's what God has for them. That's how we come alongside God and join him in what he's doing wherever we're going, whatever we're doing, whatever target we're aiming at. It's to connect all people to a God-sized life and love. And then we go to our core values. That's a, another part of the frame there. And, and that's kind of our why. Why? What, what's our heartbeat? What keeps us moving? And we have identified six things that we believe are, are specific to us. You could say, well, that would be any church, right? Well, yeah, mostly so. There might be some, another church that might pull out one and put in another that we don't have up there. So these aren't just six church things. We, we believe these are six 
Heights Baptist things, things we as a church family really value. And that is life shaped by the word. We're kind of built around the Bible here, aren't we? Good hearty amen there. It'd be very encouraging. Yeah, we're built around the Bible. Sunday fuels the lifestyle. It's our gathering that empowers and enables. Where friends become family, everyone plays a part, we live to tell, and the next generation matters now. Obviously, we could spend a lot more time on each of those. That's our why, that's our values. Then we have our strategy, the how we move through this organization, how we move toward the target. And what you have in those big circles is worship and, and connect. That's our, our big pools of gathering, isn't it? I mean, when, we're, when you see those, we're all together. We're, we're gathered together, and the two biggest places we do that's in worship. The next biggest place is going to be when we're in our life groups, smaller groups, but, but as a whole, that is where we are. And do you know that Jesus has a purpose for our gathering? It's that we would hear a command to move into the family and serve I've preached several times a a, a sermon. There's over 30 commands in the New Testament that have the two words one another in them. Pray for one another, encourage one another, minister to one another, help one another, be there for for one another. All this one anothering. When we gather, it's to remind ourselves, oh, wait a minute, we're responsible to each other. We're, we're here to serve and help and, and to do this together. And then, and then the other command is just the opposite. It's to leave here and go out. We're to go out and reach. So we reach and serve. As we gather, Jesus wants to say two clear things to us. Reach and serve. And so that, that just reminds us any decisions we're making, that's where people are and that's where Jesus is wanting to take us. That has to be our strategy. And then we have our wins uh, that you know, our measures. How do we know when we've won? H- how do we know when we've done exactly what we're supposed to be doing with an individual? We know that Jesus' goal is to make us all disciples, right? We're a disciple. We're a follower of Christ. Well, am I, am I growing in my discipleship? Am I doing a good job? We have seven questions here to kind of help us think through the life of a disciple. And, and the win is when every single one of us, not just one or two, not just the teachers and the deacons, but when every single one of us, that, that's kind of our target, right? Is, is guiding our, we're asking ourselves these questions. We're trying to answer them honestly, right? And then as we get answers, we tweak, we adjust, we make changes. Now in these seven questions, there's kind of a a couple of ways to look at them. You have seven questions there. The first one, how are you growing? How, How do you know that? You answer the next six questions. In those seven questions, you'll notice there's two hows, three wheres, and two whos. Two hows, three wheres, two whos. The two hows are really about me and my relationship with God The three where's are about me and my relationship with the church family, all of us. And the two who's are about me and my relationship with specific individuals. A little bit different in the church, it's the whole group. And then the who's, it's moving into specific people. So what what do we have there? How am I growing? How am I worshiping? Where am I investing? Where am I connecting? Where am I serving? Who am I reaching who am I coaching? You see how all those words come out of everything we just talked about all through the frame and our target. 
folks, when we got 2,000, 2,500, 4,500 people, that's about how many people come here on a, some kind of regular basis. And we all define regular a little bit differently, don't we? But about 4,500 people. Can, can you imagine 4,500 people asking themselves those questions and, and responding to it, adjusting and moving in that way? When, when that begins to happen, we'll have no problem being a church this community can't imagine being without. So, so that's our, our, our vision, our, our mission. That, that, that's kind of the, our napkin sketch. It, man, if you're brand new to our church or this is your first Sunday, uh, you probably would have had more fun last week with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But in literally about four minutes, you just learned everything you need to know about the heights. That, that, that's what we are. That's what we do. That, that is where we are going. Now, as I said a moment ago, everything we're doing right now, we're kind of thinking through everything related to what you just saw on that napkin sketch. Is this helping us? Is this hurting us? Is this doing anything and making a lot of decisions based on that? You know, as I've looked at that and just, hey, where are we on this, there's a couple of things that are that are burdens on my heart. There's a couple that stand out to me. One of those is, as you noticed on our core values, the next generation matters now. The, the next generation matters now, and and part of the reason that's such a burden on my heart is because what's going on in our world, what what's what's going on in our culture and the church's relationship. Uh, with that next generation. So I've been thinking a lot about that. What, what, what does that mean? What, what does it mean that the, the next generation here at the Heights matters now? What, what does that mean? Does the fact we have children in youth ministries, does that, does that check it off? We've done it. We're finished. We've got children in youth ministries, so clearly it matters now. Is, is there something more to that? How do you value the next generation and not devalue a current or older generations, right? Because we don't forsake to go after something, after something else. And yet we all know how important it is that the church is reaching that, that next generation. So that's kind of a, a, a burden on my heart. And uh, probably about a year ago, what a year ago, it was back right around Christmas time actually, uh, I, I saw something that another church was doing and it, and it was very intriguing to me. It made me, it made me think about the pulpit you know, when we think about our core values, what comes off the pulpit, and I'm not just talking about me and where I'm standing, but literally everything that happens up here. Because if you think about it, this up here kind of becomes the face of our family, doesn't it? I mean, this is what, a, this is what we all see. This is what we, we all listen to. So everything coming off the pulpit. And I, and I started thinking, does our pulpit, does the stage up here, does it, does it show all of those values? And I think in many respects it does. All six of those values come off of, show up on our pulpit. But, but I kind of, I thought, you know, that next generation now is probably a little bit more minimal th- th- than, say, the others. And that's why this, what I saw this church doing was very intriguing to me. It was, it was kind of a multi, what wasn't kind of, it was a, a multi-generational worship. You say, well, what's, what's a multi-generational worship? Worship. Well, you, you, you imagine they, they weren't up here today because of some changes and things we've been doing. They'll be back next week. But our, our entire choir and orchestra team, and you know what they look like Sunday in and, and Sunday out. I, imagine with me adding, say, 30 or 40 more, but they're the age of 6 to 17. 
Now, I'm not, I'm not talking about what you've seen in the past where we, we bring our four-year-olds in and we line them up here along the front row and they sing a cute song and we all get an Instagram photo of them for the day and, and then they march right back out the other door. I, I, I'm not talking about them doing a special for us. I'm talking about them being taught, being prepared, being trained to be worship leaders in our church and, and to be up here regularly Think of the picture of what that looks like, what, what that says to families, what that says to young people. And uh, so as I started thinking about this, I mean, I, worship, so I, I, I didn't do a whole lot with it. I did go and have a conversation with Dale, and no surprise here, he already knew about that and, and knew a good bit more about it and kind of sent me in a couple of directions and went and had a conversation with Jerry because he's our next generation pastor. And I know the heartbeat for Jerry is taking our young people, and it's not just what we do for them. We teach them this, we take them there, we shove pizza in their face. It's not just what we do for them, but actually what statistics show is that young people that stick are the ones who actually got and get, they became a part of this place. Not just something that was done for them, but they became a part of the leadership, a part of the serving, a part of the, the ministering. And of course, what this gives us is a, a, a huge opportunity to, to grab a whole bunch of them with that. So having said all that, I, I didn't do a whole lot more with I prayed about it. I couldn't quite figure out the how, the when of that, but I, I just began praying about it. Well, this spring, as a matter of fact, it was April, and uh, I, I was walking through our, our children's building over here, and, and I, I ran into Angela, and I hadn't had any conversation with her, about Angela Tony's our, our children's director, hadn't had any conversation with her about that, and um, so we were talking, and she said, do you... She said, I don't know quite everything you've got planned for our, our future, but would there ever be, do you think, an opportunity where I could serve children and youth? She actually added the word youth, that I could serve our children and youth, but more specifically in the area of worship arts, more, in the spe- more specifically in, in enabling them and training them and preparing them to, to use their voice, to use their instruments, to, to serve the Lord. And... Uh, I kind of got excited, and then I got mad. And I said, did Dale or Jerry say something to you? Because Dale or Jerry weren't supposed to say something to you. And so I, no, no, they didn't, they didn't say anything. And, and, uh, and then I said, and, and then my next word to her was, well, then we're having a bit of a God moment right here. Because what you just expressed is, is something that really is on my heart. Now, I don't know quite the how and the when. You, you may be thinking, what, what, what's hard about the how and the win. Well, in one sense, nothing's hard. I, hey, I can just move Angela over. Now she's a part of the worship arts team. The problem is when Angela moves over there, her salary goes with her. Now I have no children's pastor and no salary to hire a children's pastor. And so that was a, I mean, I'm just being honest. That's kind of the, how am I going to do that? And so you know, we talked about a timing and I said, you know, Angela, I think this could happen anywhere from the next several months to next several years. And right now I'm probably thinking more in, in, in the terms of years. And so that, that was, I, it was like April 10th. You remember that? Yeah, I actually did. Because uh, it was good, kind of a God moment. Well, the next week, the next week I, I went to lunch with Eric Heatherly. Uh, Eric at that time had been um, 
a part of our staff for about five or six months. And uh, so I said, hey, let's go. He's right here. And I said, hey, let's, let's go to lunch. Uh, you know, how's your transition been? Did we lie to you? Uh, anything we need to correct? You know, what, what, what's happening? And so we're at lunch having that kind of conversation. And, and in that, I, I asked him, I don't remember the exact conversation. What's even worse, I don't remember at all his answer. But, but I, I remember asking him something along the lines of what, what has been really exciting for you? What have you really enjoyed about what you're doing in your job? And he started to tell me a story as kind of an illustration of that. Again, I don't, I don't really remember the story. But I remember as he told it, I, I, I responded to him. I said, you sound like a children's pastor. And, and the reason that was a, a bit of a, like a revelation is because... I mean, Eric has a job description, and it doesn't include being a children's pastor. He works actually a, across the board in our, he's an associate in our education department, children leaders, youth leaders, and, and in our adult department. We, Eric and I have also talked a good bit about his future, our future, and it, it didn't include being a children's pastor. But as I listened to him, man, I was listening to his heartbeat. You know, every now and then somebody's talking and you realize, oh, you're hearing what's really important to him. And, and, I, and I said, you sound like a, a children's pastor. And I, I didn't say another word. And, and so we, we finished eating. We were at Chili's. And uh, I came back here, and, and he went this way because his, his office is over here. And I went straight to Jerry. I said, Jerry, get together with Eric as soon as you can. Ask him if he wants to be a children's pastor. <laughs> I said, go, go, go talk with him. Because all of a sudden, I'm thinking, hey, you know what? Me... Me thinking about what we could be doing, should be doing, me having ideas, that's not a God thing. That, that's just me coming to work and doing what I'm supposed to do. But God beginning, God beginning to move and work in people's hearts and God providing with the people the resources that we already have and, and him doing that without, without us having any conversation, without us requesting or asking anybody to move or change or doing, that, that's a God thing. And, and so he, Jerry did begin to have some informal conversations with Eric. And uh, the long and short of it is the week before vacation Bible school. That brings you up into the middle of the summer. Uh, the week before vacation Bible school, we, we stopped having, you know, conversations in the hallway and brief and informal. And we started to very formally start working on and, and moving toward a kind of a new ministry and uh, kind of a significant change in some of the staff and their, their job descriptions. And uh, that kind of led us through up to where, well, when Angela pulls onto the lot this Tuesday, because tomorrow's Labor Day, we have the day off, but when she pulls onto the lot Tuesday, she will no longer be the children's director here at the Heights Baptist. She'll be uh, moving over to part of our worship arts ministry and be an associate Directly, directly in charge of building a multi-generational worship uh, here at the Heights. And, you know, one of the things that excites me about this, it seems like so often when churches are trying to figure out how they reach young people, it, it, it does mean, you know, well, we're going to turn the music up louder and just play rock music, right? But this doesn't actually require us to change anything. We're, we're staying right inside of what our, our DNA is, uh, kind of what we have been, and we're, we're adding the youth 
to that. We're adding the, the children to that. It, and, and that'll bring about a good bit of change. As a matter of fact, we're going to be doing some physical changing to the, to the platform up here in the weeks and months to come to, to be able to handle adding that, that kind of number to what our, our worship looks like up here. There are, there are still some things we're working through and figuring out. So don't come back next Sunday looking for a bunch of young people up here. I'm not saying there's only old people up here. I want to, I, that's not what I was saying about our current choir and orchestra. I'm just saying like the six, the six to 17 year olds. Um, no, this, this will take some time. As a matter of fact, our, our Midlothian campus is already further along than we. we, we Lauren Matthews, one of our young people, is a, a part of the worship and leadership team out there. But uh, we are starting completely from scratch. I mean, there, there is a lot to build here. And as a matter of fact, what I told Angela, what I told Dale, is if, if you could get this up in front of us by January, February, it, you know, if we could make that a target, and that kind of gives us the fall to begin building, we'll probably start smaller than larger. And uh, what I mean by larger is, I mean, ultimately, it's open to, to all young people. Any young person that wants to be, any family that wants to be involved in this can do that. In the beginning, we may, we may restrict that a little bit more uh, because we are figuring things out. I mean, you know, you, you ever had that thing where you figure everything out on paper and then you go put it in place and you realize, oh, the paper fell short. Yeah, oh, I didn't. So basically, what I'm saying is, if we made any mistakes, I want to make them with a smaller group of people than a larger group of people. And uh, so with a smaller group, we'll kind of get things figured out. One of the real challenges for us in this is education. I mean, we, we, can't, we don't want to pull them out of all their Wednesday night programming for rehearsals, and yet we got to rehearse. Uh, we don't want to pull them out of children's church and, and, and Sunday morning life groups for them. And so there's a lot of that to be worked through and figure out. Because of that, they probably won't be in every week presence, but most weeks. They're, they're, they're not coming out, you know, every 10 weeks to do a special. They'll be up here most weeks. And uh, so as Angela begins with uh, uh, Dale and the worship arts team to develop that, uh, when, when Eric comes on to the lot Tuesday, he, he'll be our new children's pastor. And uh, yeah, they see. Looks like everybody who doesn't know you is clapping, so that we'll take it, right? But, uh, y- you know, uh, the, the neat thing about this move is while we're moving two people to something brand new, these, these moves actually do kind of come right out of their, their training, their experience. Eric and uh, Anna both, his wife Anna, uh, were both in the church they came to us from, were involved with children and, and youth and, and vacation Bible school and all, all of those ministries and things. And so for, for both of them, uh, this is inside their training, it, it's inside their skill, and most importantly, and this is where we all benefit, it's, it, this is what comes right out of their heart. And uh, we're going we're to be ministered to out of a passion that God is working and building uh, in their lives. So r- really excited. And man, I hope you can just begin to imagine and, and envision what this looks like and the kind of message that, that sends to, to young people, to families. Uh, and, and remember what a lot of this is up here. By the way, this isn't the only way we make the next generation now. <laughs> this is in no way the only way that we prioritize the next generation. But what a way to add the next generation to our face, huh? 
what, what a way to add them to our, our voice on, on a very regular basis. So I'm really excited about this. That's the exciting part of sharing that story. Here's the horribly not exciting part of sharing that story. Folks, the church in America is losing 18 to 30-year-olds. I mean, we're hemorrhaging in there. I mean, the church, literally, you, you don't know it. You, well, you pulled in the lot. You didn't think one thing about it. The church is totally dying in the United States as we consider these next generations that are coming up in the 18 to 30-year-olds. It's not like, oh, there's a, there's a decline. Boy, we need to look at this decline. No, it, it, there's been a decline, and now it just rolled right off a cliff. And, and, and the fastest-growing segment in the United States are people who refer to themselves as nuns. What are nuns? It's the people who answer the question, what is your religious affiliation? None. And, and the number that makes that so fast is the 18 to 30-year-olds. Now, a part of everything I've just described to you is I think the way we begin to address that is by shoring up what we're doing with 4 to 17-year-olds making sure we know what, what are we doing to prepare them to step into that 18 to 30-year-old range. And you say, well, are we addressing what's going on with 18 to 30-year-olds? Man, we're sure doing the best we can. And as a matter of fact, if you come back next week, you're going to learn a little bit about that. That when we bring back our third service, the third service is going to be for anybody and everybody. The, I think anybody and everybody could be blessed and love what we're going to be doing in the third service. But I would also say unapologetically, our third service has a target, and it's 18 to 30-year-olds, married or single, uh, 18 to 30-year-olds, there there's going to be a target. So you'll be learning a little bit more uh, about that next week. You're also going to be learning, taking a big jump in what we're doing in life groups. It's not a change to what we're doing. What we do currently is the backbone of our church with life groups, but... We're not reaching everybody we can with the way we do life groups. That doesn't, schedule-wise, personality-wise, that doesn't always work for everybody. So we're going to learn about a whole brand new way uh, of doing life groups. So pretty some exciting things we're going to be talking about next Sunday also. Uh, we're going out there today, folks, and, and the goal is to be a church this entire area, can, area code can't imagine being without. That's kind of fun to think about. But it can also be kind of shallow. Yay, everybody loves us. That, that's not the goal. Yay, everybody thinks we're a great church. Our, our, our goal is to go out there and significantly meet needs. It is to significantly shine light into the darkness. And you realize we're doing that in a culture that is becoming more and more of a moving target. And they really are not interested in the light we want to shine the way we want to serve, the things that we want to do. And so it, it, it is a moving target when we say in 10 years. But we're sure working at it, aren't we? That's what we're praying for and that's what we're going to be working for. And I, man, I hope you, you, you join us and you, you pray for us and with us and, and become a part of that. I mean, I mean, folks, you look at these last couple of weeks about living greatly for God and, and taking those steps of faith. I mean, that's not outside of, that's not apart from, that's not separate from the church. Do you realize this gathering is the bride of Jesus Christ? 
Man, I've talked this morning uh, about, hey, this is Angela's heart or, or this is Eric's heart. The heart of Jesus Christ is this gathering right here. The heart of Jesus Christ is his church. I want to be a faithful bride, don't you? I want to be the most beautiful bride before this world that I, that we can be. That's what we're working toward. That's what all that is, is shaping. And we're, we're trying to have a, a very methodical way that we pray through that, work through that, ask ourselves questions, make changes, shape directions, just working as hard as we can because our Lord Jesus is totally worth it. Amen? Totally worth it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I, I, we're so grateful for our church. We're certainly grateful for the capital C church, the church universal all over this world that we're a part of. But Lord, we're also grateful for little C church, the Heights Baptist. We're we're grateful for what this place uh, and its people have meant to us, what they've done for us, what they've done in us, how you've used them in our lives, Lord. We're, We're grateful for the opportunity we have here each week to gather and worship and serve and and be prepared, encouraged, challenged for where we're going when we walk out of this building and what we're going to engage in out there. And Lord, you you see all these plans, these purposes, things we've been working on for a year now. And and, uh, God, we we ask, as your word tells us to, uh, we ask your blessing. We ask your blessing, your favor, your guidance on on how all these plans continue to unfold. Lord, we pray that we're going to see you do more than we've even imagined. We're going to see you do more than we even knew to pray about and to ask. Lord, specifically in light of the things shared today, I I, I pray for uh, Eric and and, uh, Angela and just... Pray your guidance, your wisdom, your favor on them as they begin to move and and work and build in new ministries and in new ways in the life of our church. And Lord, we pray both of them specifically in light of the fact we so value the next generation that God, they are going to be great for your glory and they are going to be great for the advancing of your kingdom. We ask all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.